Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. And this week, we are not inviting an expert to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. We're going to do something totally different because pretty much everything in my life is about the World Cup. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So by the time this goes out, I'll probably be in Qatar, fully steeped in it. So we're asking a very different kind of question, which is, who would win the World Cup of Science? In other words, who is the best scientist the world has ever seen? I mean, immediately, your mind's racing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of candidates. I foresee massive arguments, massive arguments about who makes the shortlist, massive arguments about who's winning each round. I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to really struggle if I don't get my way on this. Because yeah, I sort of yeah, feel I like I, I, <laughs> I sort of feel like I I should be the decider of all this, and obviously you know we're not going to be able to do it on like papers published or because times change and and you know it's really hard to sort of know exactly how you compare well, one I, against another. Y- you immediately the sort of obvious problem is comparing someone like an Archimedes, who sort of there was so much stuff. That was available yeah, yeah, that hadn't yeah. been done. Like an open goal. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, basically, yes. Like at that time, you could sort of turn your hand to anything, yeah, <laughs> yeah, smart, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and get and get some results. Yeah. Whereas if you look at somebody who's working now, it's all much more focused. It's largely sort of been done, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that that that'll be a tough matchup. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I assume, given that the podcast is called Eureka, that Archimedes will be in there. Feels like he should be. Oh, he's a shoe. The guy's not he? fucking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's going to, um, yeah, I think it's just going to get quite heated. Yeah, all right. And well, I'm looking forward to it. Not many scientists are household names. You've heard of Stephen Hawking, Brian Cox and Marie Curie, but you've probably never heard of 99% of the people who've won Nobel Prizes in science. And to be clear, Brian Cox has never won a Nobel Prize and he never will. So while there are plenty of scientists around... How many of those are truly great scientists and who is or was the best? Is it even possible to compare one scientist against another? Let's say yes, it is. <laughs> and that's why this week we're asking who would win the World Cup of Science? Uh, obviously, we have stolen the concept from, well, firstly, I suppose, from FIFA. <laughs> I'm not you. sure they invented the knockout. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, the World Cup is theirs. You can't sort of well, deny that. Yeah, this is the Cricket World Cup. What, but, before? Yeah, but I don't think the ICC World are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, well, let's have, you know, well, no, let's I mean, just acknowledge I, I actually, FIFA's contribution to this. I don't think we need to... Fuck FIFA. <laughs> it is fuck FIFA. Uh, although, 
I'm out in Qatar. So actually, no, let's not fuck FIFA until I get back from Qatar. <laughs> if that's okay. Um, we'll just delay putting this out till next yeah. year. <laughs> uh, also, I guess a slight uh, tip of the hat to Richard Osman, who does uh, a good, you know, he does the World Cup of biscuits and yeah. World Cup of chocolate yeah. Uh, yeah. on Twitter. We might do something similar, actually. Um, for for this on Twitter, if you want are we to asking involved. his permission? I know, absolutely no, we're not. But well, we don't. You definitely don't need to. Like you say, like the, I don't know who first came out with the knockout format. Um, <laughs> it but, wasn't Richard Osman. But thank you. Uh, well done. We're we're going to have it now. We've sort of not not arbitrarily, but we have just had to make a decision and say which sixteen scientists are going to be in the draw. Yeah. So we're just doing the last sixteen. Yes, and. Yeah, you can't really scrutinise too carefully how we've arrived at that 16, I don't think. <laughs> there are some absolutely colossal emissions. Do you think so? I th- I, yes, 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 I do, I do. I like think, who? Uh, We're going to start the arguments now. Yeah, well, well uh, you don't like him. Miss you, Kako? I mean, yeah. why would he even be anywhere near the last 16? Well, I, did you know, I'm just thinking of people... What what is the criteria for putting them well, in? I mean, is it yeah. that people have heard of them? And there's not. Well, I mean, in some cases, I guess so. Yeah. But and we'll, and that will you know obviously that will be effectively you know them having a weak defence when it comes to the actual competition, won't it? If it's just oh we've heard of you, that's yeah. not going to cut a lot of ice. No, no, no. True. I don't. Think. Uh, I mean, are you disappointed you've not made it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of yes and no. In that obviously it would be great to be in the last sixteen, but mm. I don't want people scrutinising my scientific record to see whether I deserve to be there because uh, there's not a lot of it. No. What was what was the field that you contributed to? Uh, yeah, sort, of, sort of calling. So started to do a calling superconductors. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was uh, using superconducting weak link capacitor circuits below <laughs> 0.3 Kelvin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of competition. In that. No, I mean, no. if that was the World Cup. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean, we might as well say Cox isn't in there. Brian Cox is not in there. No. I mean, he's you know he has worked as a scientist. Uh, he has, you know, published papers as a scientist. He run, ran, run. I don't know if he runs or ran a research group. He, run a research he te- teaches group, at university. Certain, he does. He? he does a good everyday workaday job as a scientist, or he certainly yeah. did until he, you know, he was gurning on TV all the time. Yeah, um, but he's I not. Get... He's not top sixteen. No, he's uh, not top thirty-two. I don't think. No, I mean he's he's, he's nowhere near. Um, here's an interesting omission that I think is correct uh uh mendelev mendelev yeah well obviously international sanctions against the russians mean yeah. that we can't enter. But because you'd think like the periodic table it's quite a big deal isn't it it is a big deal i mean that's a crushing blow for dimitri and did it sort of come to him in a dream as well which is nice. yeah i think it did yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean that is that is difficult who, but, who else i mean that the, there are some big Big ones. Uh... So, so we talked. I can't remember what episode it was, but we talked about uh, Ibn Al Haytham, the Islamic oh, scientist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The optics who guy. Yeah, wrote the whole sort of you know optics, reflection, refraction. Did you know massive work at a time when nobody was doing good science at all, and certainly, and certainly not, not in, in the West. No, no, no he's not. In. <laughs> So he massively picked the guy up. Yeah, but, but he's not made the last. I mean, 16. this is cruel, though, isn't it? The World yeah. Cup is like this. Yeah, you get, yeah. You get yeah. teams who just don't make it for some reason. Um, 
Uh, for me, like one of the people that should be in there who isn't is uh, Chandra Sekhar, who discovered or basically yeah. black holes. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. worked out on a ship like what would happen to a collapsing star. He was like traveling from India to the UK, worked out what would happen to a collapsing star of sufficient mass, realized that it would collapse under its own gravity and um, and turn into a black hole and like, you know, and and create this sort of singularity at the center. Worked all that out, basically, in a, you know, about three minute calculation in his head, you know, the, and, and didn't win a Nobel Prize for it for about 30 or 40 years afterwards. Basically, because he was treated really badly when he got to the UK. So Arthur Eddington, who was like the premier astronomer in the UK, didn't like him. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was an element of racism, certainly. Of course there was. Uh, some people have suggested, actually, Eddington was gay and, and actually quite fancied him. And um, it just all got a bit... Complicated. Complicated, yeah. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so Chandrasekhar ended up leaving the, the UK, leaving England to go to America because he was denied every opportunity, basically because of the colour of his skin. And uh, he sort of got to America and settled. He said, I'm just going to settle for being a second-class scientist because I can't be bothered with all this shit. So, I'm a second-class scientist. You're not getting into the World not Cup. In, not in, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, here, just some absolute classics. Copernicus. <laughs> He's not in there, is not he? Not in. Galileo. <laughs> not in. I mean, no, no. no but I mean... But, Last 16... Don't be looking for the grave thinking, I'm surprised I've not made it, actually. I feel like I made a pretty uh, you know decent what? contribution. When you look at who is in there, mm. you know, and, and there is a sense of, yes, okay, they're, they're sort of household names in some cases, but actually, you know, Galileo was was good, but maybe... <laughs> That's kind of it. <laughs> but maybe, you know, he wasn't like... Cause, you build up this mythology, don't you? He's like the only one before Newton that people talk about. And actually, yeah. he wasn't the only one who was doing any any work. Copernicus, well, you know, he, he was very good, very good astronomer. <laughs> but um, there were lots of other astronomers that, that mm. also didn't make it. Mm. I mean... Well, listen, we, yeah, we, we've, yeah. Had to, we've had to draw the lines. Um, be very interesting to hear from you who you think we've we've missed off. And undoubtedly, we have missed off quite a lot of people. Well, Mary Anning, I think, could have made it in, but yeah. didn't. Uh, you know, basically the first person to really do proper fossil studies, digging mm. up fossils in, in Dorset, um, and, and, you know, really badly treated as well, obviously, by the male establishment. Uh, but incredibly good scientist. Not good enough, though, Mary, I'm afraid. Yeah. In the bin with Copernicus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bin is full of real talent. The bin, I like it because it's quite diverse, and there are some people in there who definitely aren't household names, and that's a good thing because yeah, you yeah. sort of shine a light yeah. on the stuff that they did yeah. when actually it hasn't really been shone on them in a way yeah. that it should have been yeah. previously. Um, and they can still be contenders, I think. Yeah. Stephen Hawking is in there. I'm slightly surprised that you accepted that because although he definitely is a household name, you, I know, I'm definitely betting against him. I kind of am. But, you know, I mean, when you look at the quality of who else is in there, I don't think he's going to progress very far. And people might be quite shocked by that. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's one of the very few scientists that people actually have heard of. Yeah. And so, you know, when you know a bit about, you know, what, what else is out there in terms of you know being a good scientist? I can tell you, Hawking isn't going to do that well. No, no, I mean... The, no depth uh, to the man. Also, <laughs> also, if you said to someone, what, 
was Hawking's contribution to science. I don't think people would know that. No, I don't think they would. I'm very unlikely that people... <laughs> you went up to 10 people on the street. I'm not sure any of them is saying, Hawking radiation. <laughs> no, like, no. I it's not... Uh, you might you might get someone say something about black holes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But that's about as good as you're going to get. Yeah, and, and he did the whole sort of, you know, turning the... the, the um, what was it? I mean, he basically sort of worked out that there would be a singularity or the equivalent to. Well, to hang on, hang on. Let's 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 not shoot right, it. Yeah, we'll, right, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get yeah, into you're right, all of you're this. Right. This is how we're going to do this. The rules are simple. We've picked sixteen scientists who will go head to head in a battle of the brains. Four rounds: the knockouts, quarterfinals, semi-finals, and then the final. We've done a random draw, and in each round, two scientists will have a face-off. I'll be arguing in favour of one scientist. Michael will be arguing in favour of the other. We'll have to convince the other person that our scientist is better. That can be determined by their body of work, their longevity in the game. Maybe we'll just land on a scientist with the most street cred, like an Einstein. Welcome to the World Cup of Scientists. Somehow we're going to have to decide who, who, who wins in each, yeah. in each matchup. Um, it's been a sort of we've we've picked the sixteen and then done a random draw. Some people have yeah. got quite lucky. Some people really haven't. <laughs> inevitably, that's that's part and parcel of the process. I mean, looking at the draw, I'm I'm very sad for Stephen Hawking. Yeah, he, he's he, he's he's up against it actually. <laughs> what happens if we don't agree? Coin toss, maybe. Effectively, yeah, yeah gonna yeah. have to be. Okay, all yeah, right, fine. Okay, should we get to it? Let's get to it. Right. Do I need to I actually I might do a rundown of uh of who's in. Okay. So All right. I'll give you yeah. I'll give you the full draw. So Barbara McClintock against Isaac Newton. A decent matchup. Yeah. Henrietta Leavitt, Francis Crick. Marie Curie, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Bad luck Hawking. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough night. <laughs> don't don't, don't want to curse it, but uh Oh, this is I hate this because for me. This would be a good final. Einstein against Enrico Fermi. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, okay. that's, that's going to yeah, take some work. That yeah. Uh, Richard Dawkins against Lynn Margulis. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, the thing about Dawkins is you got to sort of try and try and focus on his, uh, his on the, the old Dawkins, on his, on the old Dawkins, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's old Dawkins against Lynn Margulis. Uh, JBS Haldane against well, the big guy Archimedes. Uh, Charles Darwin. Against two UU. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough on her, I would say. Really, yeah, really, really tough because Darwin's got some moves. Uh, Dorothy Hodgkin against Vera Rubin. So those are your 16. And uh, yeah, I think it's a a really good mix. That is a really good mix. It's sort of interesting, isn't it? Because I don't think people, I mean, a lot of those names probably won't be familiar with to most of our listeners. So hopefully we'll sort of shed some light on them. Uh, we don't want to be boring and do a history of science episode or anything, but, no, but no, they no, made no, some no. interesting contributions that actually need to be appreciated, I think, a, yeah, a bit yeah, more than yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay, so first matchup. Round one in the red corner, we've got Barbara the Hawk McClintock, and in the blue corner, we've got Isaac Golden Boy Newton. I am going to argue, it's <laughs> like a big ask, for Barbara McClintock. Now, I don't think many people will have heard of Barbara McClintock. No. But she was amazing. So she studied the cytogenetics of maize. Now that sort of that doesn't sound that exciting, I will grant you. 
But her discoveries were so far ahead of her time. I mean, they were they were basically scoffed at. Yeah. When when, when she was doing the work, and she just she just had a I think she had a great attitude. She <laughs> just she just sort of persevered. She's like, I don't really mind. I think I th- yeah these these are the results I'm getting. Um and uh, yeah I think I think I'm right. And it turned out she absolutely was. And it was real the the stuff that she was finding out was in total opposition to the sort of prevailing theories of, of of genetics so it was it was groundbreaking yeah groundbreaking stuff she she basically saw that that genes could kind of move around within within chromosomes yeah just by looking at maize yeah it was sort of you know you know sort of we don't see it that much but you know maize has lots of different colors all over it so like a corn on the cob yeah not yeah, just yeah. yellow but in america the, they, they yeah go they have full, the sort of purple yeah, especially and yellow in mexico and, actually yeah um and so looking at those patterns and she worked this this stuff out um and in the end, I think like thirty years after making these discoveries, she finally got a Nobel Prize. Okay, one of those. Yeah, but it was just too far ahead of her. I mean, yeah. she effectively was too far ahead of her time. Way. I think ahead she of had a lot of people just ignore her and yeah, think she totally, was a yeah, stupid totally. old bag sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, and and she. I mean, to be fair, she just sort of I think pulled away from actually bothering to publish and, and really sort of yeah she, she I, I think she was just someone who just loved her work yeah and didn't sort of didn't need the approval of the scientific community and in fact she wasn't getting it yeah but just just carried on regardless right oh so um, really good scientist from that re- perspective she didn't really, need other people to just you know she didn't need awards she didn't need anything she just really got good on with scientist eventually got the ultimate prize as well yeah okay she uh, wasn't isaac newton that was she so I, I think it rings a bell. Uh, tell me a bit about this guy. I mean, he, he invented calculus, which is uh, used in every branch of science now. So did Leibniz. Well, Le- uh, Newton did it earlier and arguably did it in a way that was sort of more accessible. And, and more. It's, Still, it's we fine. used Leibniz's notation more. Yeah, what else did Leibniz do? He made the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I love those biscuits. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, Isaac Newton wrote his Principia, which is yeah. contains like the you know, theory of gravitation. Like, worked mm-hmm. out how mm-hmm. how all the planets move. Yeah, worked out what gravity does. Not what gravity is, because nobody really knows what gravity is. But but he worked out the, what the gravity, effects of how gravity. it works. Yeah. Um. And he, I, I mean, do I need to go on? I mean. McClintock's not. Ah, uh, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's like you versus Erling Haaland. <laughs> and who are you putting through? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad for Babs. Yeah, I, understandably, Babs is... and she's great, but she. I mean, it's the luck no, of the I draw, mean, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really, really tough draw, and I think we probably agree that Newton's. Newton's progress. You can't put Newton there in the first yeah, right. round because we've we've sort of scratched the surface of Newton as well. Like the guy, yeah, the guy's done loads. Yeah, um, wasn't very nice though, Newton, was he? It's, I mean, I don't know. That's an that's, issue. No, yeah, is not. it? No, I guess not. No. All right, all right. Newton goes through. Newton goes through. Newton goes through, and the winner of round one in the blue corner, Mr. Isaac Newton. That's was, a fair result, isn't it? I think so. I think so. And I'm glad well, she's that done well to get through to the last 16. I'm glad we've talked about Babs. Yeah. yeah. Very glad. Yeah. Yeah. Next game, Henrietta Leavitt versus Francis Crick. Now, people I think will have heard of Francis Crick. Yes. They 
probably haven't heard of Henrietta Leavitt. Let me tell you, I think she stands a really good chance against Crick. We've already won one of these battles, and if that's the case, I'm going to need a, a moment to gather my thoughts, get my facts together. We'll have a quick break. When we get back, we'll see whether Henrietta Leavitt really does stand a chance against the mighty Francis Crick. We'll then be turning up a gear with Marie Curie versus Stephen Hawking. And finally, Einstein versus Enrico Fermi. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For round two, in the red corner, we've got Henrietta. Leave it out, leave it. And in the blue corner, we've got Francis Chop Chop Crick. Henrietta Leave It. She was an astronomer in the early 1900s, mm. working at Harvard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before actually women were sort of accepted and recognized as being astronomers, effectively. Yeah. But she did uh, a lot of work with these stars called Cepheid Variables. And they, they, they pulse. They go, they go brighter and then they go dimmer. And she discovered loads of examples of, of stars that were like this. But basically, while she sort of took records and, and catalogued everything, you know, she... she was really good at just being that sort of everyday scientist in that, you know, she kept immaculate records, great observations. But she discovered that basically you could relate the 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 period of the brightness, so how long between maximum brightness is. Yeah. And um and the 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 uh and it's, Dis- it's sort distance of distance from distance. From Earth, distance. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So so be- she basically made it possible to calculate the distance of these stars from the Earth. She's another one of these people who has been massively piggybacked or sort of oh hijacked by the big male astronomers. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. So I without I'll, that, I think I'll take that. Without yeah. that discovery, right, Edwin Hubble would never have worked out that like the other galaxies are, are very, very far away. And and you know, we, then we would never have worked out that they were receding mm. and moving further away from us. So we without Henrietta Leavitt's discovery, we basically wouldn't have known that there was a Big Bang. It like, should have been the Leavitt telescope up there. Is what it definitely, me. Not, not definitely the it shouldn't be the Hubble telescope. It should be the Leavitt telescope. And uh, mm. I mean, other yeah. people sort of, you know, so, so the, the director of the Harvard College Observatory, a guy called Edward Pickering, he basically published her work saying, well, I'm the boss, so, so it's going to have my name on it. Uh, so basically, took all the credit, um, and then his 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 successor Harlow Shapley, who you know people might have heard of, um, he basically built on that whole thing again to kind of you know work out where everything was in the Milky Way, and she just disappeared from history for ages and ages. She she got nothing, and there's like uh, there's a like there's um 
not even a plaque at Harvard like commemorating her work. So, These so for me, fuckers. I mean, it's not like she didn't do decades and decades of work over a lifetime. But I don't think that's the qualification for a great scientist. No, no, no. She basically saw something that was really interesting. She worked out that it was but interesting. So she, fundamental to our understanding of the universe so, as well. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. gravitation in some yeah, ways. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so she showed that you could use these observations to work out the size of everything, work out how far away everything is, which changed the entire face of 20th century astronomy. Be- because before... And cosmology. Yeah, be- before her, I think I'm right in saying that everyone was looking at um, like Andromeda and effectively thinking, oh, that's just, it's just the next door yeah. galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then... It's just, uh, just, uh, just beyond the it, sky sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, ju- it's just up there. Yeah, yeah. And then through her work, people like Hubble were able to be like, oh, no, that's actually... Uh, <laughs> that is quite a long way away. Yeah, so, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But but without her, yeah, yeah. They so you haven't heard of her because you know because of the patriarchy, that's, that's, basically. Yeah, yeah, the patriarchy's nicked the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's Francis a good Crick. Well, what's he got? I, I I've got to say, it's interesting to talk about the patriarchy nicking uh, people's <laughs> stuff because I I think it's very hard to talk about. So you will have heard of Crick and Watson because of their that they proposed the the, the double helix structure of of DNA. But and I think this is well known now. Rosamond Franklin was really instrumental in that work and doesn't really get the credit. And so there's something that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable about possibly putting... Not that it's necessarily his fault, but that the the perception is certainly that he took... the Him and, and Watson took the credit from when, uh, uh, at the very least, Crick, Watson and Franklin, really... Is, is, yeah. is what you should think of. Although people still argue about that because um, I remember I read something by Matthew Cobb, who was our expert on a recent episode. I can't think. Oh, geneticists. Yeah, genesis, what, what, yeah. what will geneticists mm-hmm. do next? And he says, actually, um, the, the photograph that they're supposed to have stolen mm. was actually taken by another guy who became Franklin's student. And so she had it in her office... But it wasn't actually taken uh, by her, uh, okay. and and so there's sort of you know a bit of mixed sort of nobody's quite sure whether Franklin should have got more credit than she did, and mm. I think that she probably should, but um, okay, it, but it's not yeah, as clear. So it's cut not as, quite okay, as clear. Okay. And and Crick and Watson have been really poor. You know, the, when you read what they wrote about her afterwards, you know they clearly didn't like her. Yeah. Watson wrote you know, basically wrote stuff about, you know, uh, she should dress better and, you know, wish she was better looking and did more with her hair or something like well, that. I mean, Watson uh, he, comes he, across as an absolute bellend. Yeah, and he still is an absolute bellend mm. as well. Mm. And uh, But Crick, you know, Crick's sort of done... So so obviously the DNA structure, that's a big you know, thing, it right? Is, yeah, yeah, it is. It is it with is. or without Franklin, it's still yeah. a big thing. And he, he was very instrumental on that and he did a lot of work... Um, as a physicist turned biologist, sort of, you know, working out what was important to know about that. He's done a lot of work. It's quite, on... I mean, I, I respect that. Yeah. The, the sort of the, the trans, I mean, I don't think he should really come into this discussion, but he did, he started out as a physicist and then decided to switch to being a biologist. Yeah. And uh, I think there's probably a sort of a vague idea, <laughs> notion that you can do that because it's all science. It's very different. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it is. Like, that is a that's a big move. Yeah, to have been you know quite a high level physicist and then become a high level biologist. That you, yeah, that's 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 decent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I'm arguing for him, 
but my I think my temptation is to, is is to go leave it. I'm I'm so so angry about the fact she hasn't even got a plaque at Harvard. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I want her to I want her to have this. I mean, it feels ridiculous, doesn't it? Like putting out like the the guy, sort of the main f- guy behind DNA. Yeah, the discovery of the structure of DNA going out basically in our first round. Mm. But I think Henrietta Levitt, Levitt is a kind of giant killer. Yeah, I think I think so. You know, I think she's she, much she wouldn't better have been, than she's been given credit for. She wouldn't have been the bookie's favourite going into that. No, into that tie. But I think she's. I think she's edging it for me. Yeah, I think. Probably- and can I can I say something which um, will be very controversial? Coming up with the structure of DNA is it that big a deal? Like, <laughs> like it, the, the 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 genetics is the interesting stuff. Well, the stuff that comes afterwards. Yeah, that's the stuff Ooh, that's, that's like really wow. spicy. In my yeah. view, just the structure. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, we're not putting Buckminster Fullerene in here, are we? No, no, oh, that's sorry, true. Buckminster's Fullerene. <laughs> no, that's true. What, yeah, what was he called? Buck, Buck, he was called no, Buckminster called, Fuller. He was called, he called Buckminster Fuller, Fuller, and it's called and it, Buckminster Fullerene. Fullerene. And Harry Croto, who basically accidentally got involved in that whole thing and didn't contribute a great deal to the discovery. I mean, he got a Nobel Prize for that. Mm. But I, yeah, again, it's one of those things where you're like... I mean, coming up with, st- like, structures of stuff, I don't, I don't find it that impressive. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the guys the guys who won the Nobel Prize for graphene aren't in here either, are they? So so the guys at Manchester, Andre mm. Geim, and uh, I think Novoselov is the other guy. But they, I mean, they use sellotape and pencils and, and found the structure of, of graphene. Yeah, and that and, is and and that is that quite quite cool. Cool, but then they're all quite. I mean, the the double helix is cool. Yeah, yeah, the they're, all the they're all is good. They're all good. But they're not fundamentally changing twentieth century no. cosmology, are they? No, they're not. Graphene is extremely satisfying when you yeah, sort of go, yeah. "Oh, that's nice." That's very yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm 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 sticking yeah. I'm sticking hen through. And the winner of round two is the underdog in the red corner, Henrietta Leavitt. Yeah, yeah, Henrietta's going through. Massive. All right. Easy. Time for round three, and in the red corner, Mary the Cura Curie versus Stephen the Big Bang Hawking. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> this this is arguably the next two of the two that I'm looking forward this to. This is the most. game of the century, isn't it? Mary Curie against Stephen Hawking, and I am going to argue for Curie. Unlucky. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to say one thing initially about right. Mary Curie which is she is still the only person who has been awarded a Nobel Prize in two different sciences. Now, sit the fuck down, Hawking. <laughs> well, I know you can't stand up, but like anyway, stay sitting down. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. This yeah, what so, you got? So, uh, I mean, as you well know, I mean, I'm, I'm no, like, bigger up of Stephen Hawking. No. And also, you, look, you, you cannot live with that heat. No one can live without him. No, no, you're right. I mean, it's really hard. But let me just say, Stephen Hawking was a great scientist. Okay, let's get that out there. So, so there's no question that he was a great scientist. Uh, he predicted that black holes would emit radiation. Did the maths? Took you know took quantum physics and cosmology. Still never been proved. Put them together. Yes, it's still, still never been proved. But everyone thinks it's correct. Right? Yeah, that, that a black it's, hole it sounds will, extremely plausible. will emit radiation and eventually evaporate and disappear from the universe, which creates an enormous like problem of like mm. what happened to the stuff inside and the information about the stuff inside. Mm. And it's a really sort of really um, 
fruitful area of physics. So, you know, great science. To be fair, it was done and dusted in 1974. Mm. So you could argue that his sort of his greatest contribution was a long time, and the rest of his that, career was that, sort of that. I don't. That I don't mind. It as shouldn't much. matter. It shouldn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I think. A, I. I. I think he sort of overstretched himself a bit. Well, he like got a, into that whole thing where he became a pundit and started yeah. like saying, "Oh, you know, we've got to worry about AI," and and he didn't know jack shit about AI, really. No. But I mean, we can't really criticise too much on that front. <laughs> <laughs> Pot, kettle. <laughs> um, can I, uh, just just for my own sort of, um, uh, well, personal satisfaction, can I try and describe my understanding of Hawking radiation? Yeah, go on, go on. So I think in, in the quantum world, particles and antiparticles can just sort of appear out of nowhere yeah. together, always paired. Yeah. And given that that happens, if it happens right on your event horizon, normally they they, they, they spark into existence for some reason and then immediately yeah. annihilate one yeah. another because that's what happens when... Because uh, of quantum uncertainty. Yeah, so, nothing can have zero energy, so there's got to, it's got to be constantly sort of oscillating around zero. So, yeah, yeah, so, so they, they burst into life and then they annihilate each other, gone, and, yeah. then, and then others, you know, spark up. But if you have that at the event horizon, you can have a scenario where one of the particles gets sucked into the black hole yeah. and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And so that is where the radiation... So it can't annihilate. So it can't annihilate. And so you've got this sort of production line of, of radiation. So particles, antiparticles, whatever they are, yeah. at the right at the very edge of the event horizon of the black yeah. hole. And eventually, so that means it's losing mass. It's losing energy, therefore it's losing mass. Yeah. And it will eventually just disappear away into nothing. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing. But as I've just explained that, it didn't sound that complicated, did it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never won a Nobel Prize, let if, alone two. Yeah, if I, if I can explain that, having read about it once about 20 years ago, <laughs> I feel like, come on. I mean, Curie's walking. Curie's, Curie's absolutely, I mean, really... Sort in the wounds, actually, that she's walking it. Um, <laughs> there we have it, folks, by unanimous decision in the red corner. It's Marie Curie. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of no contest. I don't, I don't think it is, and I, I, I've, I've, I've said nothing. I've just, yeah, I've just yeah. whacked, I've yeah. whacked a couple of Nobel prizes on the table and said, "How do you like them?" Yeah, um, I'm very confident, <laughs> very okay. confident, Curie. All right, right, straight, straight through. Game over. Bye, Stephen. Round four to end this week's lineup. We've got the one you've all been waiting for. It's the big dogs. It's Einstein against Fermi. Oh, right. Let me let me just tell you. I mean, Einstein is not only the most famous scientist in the world. You know, despite being dead. I mean, he's literally. Hang on. He's, do, you, do you know what I'm gonna? I, I need. People to... would say, you know, he's no Einstein. Nobody's yeah, saying yeah. he's no Fermi. Right. I don't. I, I like. I'm a big, big Fermi fan. Okay. But I'm not going into this feeling particularly confident. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I too. I, I'm very impressed by Fermi. Mm. But Einstein was, you know, he was just a different league. So he had that year where he published three, like, game-changing papers in 1905. yes. Yeah, and, and literally sort of set out special relativity. Yeah. And, you know, so, which was starts from the premise that nothing can travel faster than the speed of light and then basically works out a whole load of shit about how everything in the universe must relate to everything else and, mm. and you know, relativity. It's not bad. Um, you know, our GPS systems wouldn't work without it. 
right? And and he also uh, had the photoelectric effect, for which I think I think that was a thing he got given the Nobel Prize for. Um, basically showed that I mean, he basically showed that uh, light exists in particle form, so photons, and and you know showed how you know these could be excited out of a surface, you know, if you put the right kind of energy in. So he did all the quantum stuff. He basically explained Brownian motion. And then a few, you know, he took a few years off and then came out with general relativity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's which a, it, describes the whole of the operation of space and time. It's a decent CV. <laughs> it is. It is. And actually, he's the only one who, yeah, is literally, he's a phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the sort of, he's the gold standard of, like, if someone wants to say clever, they you'd say Einstein. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, however, all right, let's hear you. Enrico Fermi. So the first thing that I think about with Fermi is the Fermi paradox. Yeah, so okay. him saying, um, you know, when you run the numbers on the size of the universe, how old the universe is, um, how many habitable planets there are likely to be orbiting sort of sun-like stars, um, there should be basically the universe should be absolutely teeming with aliens, yeah, or, or teeming with technological civilizations, even. And so, where are they? And that's a great question, and it's a question that has sort of fascinated and perplexed people ever since he first formulated it. And we're yeah. still we still talk about it. We're still fascinated by it. I think that people have heard of the Fermi paradox, not in the same way that they've heard of relativity, obviously, yeah. But it's 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 a big one. It is and it's, it's a big one it's, for nerds. Also No, but I, I think the general public are genuinely interested in in aliens and where they might be. I and think why other we people probably had them. the same thought, maybe just yeah, didn't but, articulate no, it I, and get picked up on like Fermi did. I, I agree. Well, he's not his biggest No, it's goal, well, no, is no it? but that's the thing. It isn't. So he's got that. And then he came up with and, and you're to be honest, it's this stuff I don't even understand. I think you you'll have to have a go at this. But he came up with a load of statistical laws that are called Fermi statistics. Yeah, yeah. That are that sort of govern the certain particles, like fermions. And I yeah, don't yeah, think I yeah. really know what fermions yeah, yeah. are. So you, you, so you, you one, need to pick one up type there. of particle. So, so, so you've got fermions and you've got bosons, and they they obey obey different kinds and of bosons. Laws. Yeah, they're they're the um, they're the uh, Bose-Einstein. Ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, it's just different types of you basically split physical particles into two different um characters and and you've got fermions which are like um electrons of fermions for instance hope i've got that right i'm having yeah. a blank <laughs> at the moment <laughs> i really hope you got it wrong actually <laughs> but also but i mean the point is yeah in physics named, he's na- huge right named after him yeah they're like, named, after, named him. after him that's yeah, good yeah. i mean that's I always clearly, a good sign but bose einstein you know he, he's he's not he's not contributing to bosons no no that's true so einstein hasn't so he's uh, lost that yeah, so he's lost that fine but um, and, and Fermi's huge. I'm not going to like put Fermi but, down at all. But I've got one more. So th- Go this on. is so I've got paradox. I've got his own set of statistical laws governing particles. Yeah, yeah. a certain set of particles, yeah. massive. Yeah, named after him. Yeah, and he effectively. I mean, there was a lot of people involved with this, but he effectively. Um, came up with something that led to the discovery of nuclear fission. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then and then was involved with the actual like chain reactions, like doing the first nuclear chain reactions. Yeah. 
yeah. absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disputing any of that at all. And, and against any other opposition, I think he'd do very well. I mean, he, he, was, the, he was kind of the, the, the mainstay behind the atomic bomb yeah. project. Yeah. So he had a huge role, in a sense, in ending the Second World War. You know, yeah. um, he, he was a phenomenal scientist and was undisputably brilliant. <sighs> I can't believe he's going out. But he's no Einstein. He's going out, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really bad draw for Enrico Fermi. That's all I can tell you. Mm. It's a tough one with these two heavy hitters, but sometimes clout trumps all. The winner of round four is Einstein. Amazing guy. Yeah. Not really, good enough. Really, really amazing. Okay. All right. You He's accept out. that? Do you accept yeah, that? Yeah, I accept. No, yeah, I've, yeah. I mean, I've got to. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be mad. I think you do. I think I've made a, a pretty strong case, but as you say, no Einstein. There we have it, the first of three episodes to decide who is the GOAT scientist. The winners of our first four knockouts are Newton, Leavitt, Curie and Einstein. You might have heard of them. Join us next time as we have eight new scientists. Richard Dawkins, Lynn Margulis, JBS Haldane, Archimedes, Charles Darwin, 2UU, Dorothy Hodgkin and Vera Rubin. Look some of them up. Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us as always on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 